Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Jordan Experience. I have a very good, very close friend of mine. I would even consider a best friend, and that's hard to come by in my book. Uh, his name is Dr. Brian Paris. We grew up together. He and I have known each other since we were probably in the fifth grade. We went, uh, I think we learned about each other because we grew up on different sides of the town in Clark, New Jersey, uh, in Pop Warner football. And we became friends ever since. Uh, we've had some major life experiences, some major life breakdowns, some ultra positive experiences together. And he's here with me today to share his insights, his wisdom, his journey in life uh, through emotional, physical, professional and personal uh, explorations, breakthroughs, uh, observations, and understandings that I know that will create a unique experience for you as a listener. Uh, so, Brian, welcome to the show. That was a hell of an introduction, man. <laughs> BF, BFFs. Yes. Yes, man. <clears throat> well, it's... Uh, you know, it's easy to introduce you because you are a man of so many accolades and successes and have been somebody in my life who has been a mentor uh, as well as a best friend and a brother from another mother, uh, a warrior, uh, a, just a comrade. You know, we are we are bridged and hinged in life forever. And so it's For easy sure. to introduce you. Um, and and, and laughter, feel- laughter, fun, danger, and adventure and growth, man. So oh, I'm, I'm, I'm humble I'm humbled to be here and, and humble to share with your audience. And uh, hopefully we can walk away with some good pearls of wisdom and some laughter. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, you know, I actually, um, I do very little marketing and or promotion, promoting on Facebook. I don't know why. I just sometimes get a little lazy on that. But I'm going to promote the heck out of this one on Facebook because yeah. you and I are, <laughs> we, we have so many friends in common and yeah. I think people who think they know us should really get to know us and at least know you because this is, you know, this show is for you, for you to shine, for uh, you to kind of share your wisdom and knowledge with our audience and the people that think they may know you that grew up with you, you know, our, our classmates, uh, the people that have been in our lives, but they were in our lives for 18 years around, right? Until we went off and went to college and did our own thing and created our own lives as well as they did. So uh, I'm going to kind of bring it back in full full circle. And awesome. uh, hopefully this will create some new friendships, old friendships rekindled, and uh, we can inspire and motivate and educate our audience. So right let's on. do it, brother. Are you ready? I, I'm ready. I'm ready. This is, uh, I think this is like our third time doing this, maybe. I think it is too, but this is going to be our best time. Third time is a charm. I agree. Third time is a charm. And and I I feel like we're. And layers keep coming off and we keep peeling into deeper aspects of our truth. So, you know, as as we age gracefully. So, this is just, this is perfect. Yes, I agree. I think this is a good thing to do at uh, several different stages of our lives. Now, being 46 years young, uh, we are obviously much wiser and we have shared uh, a lot of experiences together. But I want to ask you a question. What motivates you on a day-to-day basis to be the best that you can be? Because I know Brian Paris from the day that I met you have always been someone who has excelled and pushed themselves to a high standard, um, whether it be in school and sport and friendships, relationships. Um, you always push the bar to that next level. What, what motivates you every day to continue to push that bar and raise your standards in life? Wow. 
how long are we how much time do we have <laughs> we got as long as you want bro it's a friday night okay and right, uh we can do it all night long i'm all good right, to go right. i gotta grab another beer then um i really think you know as i have dove into myself uh I, i've i've taken some very deep dives into let me let me put it this way. I've gone I've gone to a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of psychotherapy. I've studied a lot of psychotherapy. I'm I'm a chiropractor by trade. I've treated thousands of people and burnt out from that. I've gotten divorced. I've just gone through so many things and and to to steal from our uh, our one of our common mentors Tony Robbins talking about the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Right? I, I was very I'm a I'm a excuse my French. I'm a fucking master at achieving. Right, I'm a master at doing, but I was left unfulfilled. I had a pretty wife, I had a nice car, I had a McMansion, I had it all, and beautiful kids that 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 I still have, uh, and we'll have them forever. But yes, I I think I got to a point where I was empty, look good on the outside, but I even I look healthier at 46 than I probably did at 36, and I was mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I would agree with that. Yeah, and I'm I'm happier now. I'm leaner. I'm just I have all excess like the baggage and stuff has really been integrated and, and I've processed so much of it. Um, I think that that drive for achievement it does really stem from being the youngest of three brothers and always you know way younger and always being kind of bullied and picked on in that in that arena and being like no I'm gonna prove myself I'm gonna prove myself and then also my family of origin it was very you know, uh, you, you, you knew me growing up. So I was like, I have two, all three of us are doctors and we're, we're pretty like high achievers in, in that world. The Paris standard is high. Yes. No yeah. <laughs> and, and like my dad handed you your diploma. I know that in yeah. high school. Right. So that, that the, the bar was set pretty high for me to, you know, be a doer and, and same, my mom also is the same way, like just can get shit done. And I reached this point where like, I can do, 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 but then I was empty, man just completely empty. And I, and I, and I've always wanted like just this joy, like to wake up and feel like, ah, life is awesome. I put my feet on the ground and I'm grateful to be in this body. I'm grateful for my friendships and the, the, the the men and women and and children in my life that I love and that support me. And and there's not a, a I don't have this huge tribe, but I've got a lot of good, close people in my life, my business. I take care of her. She takes care of me and all the people within it. Um, so there's, I, I, I can't really explain it. That's the doing side. <clears throat> but as I have progressed in my life and dove deeper into my spirit and my truth of who I am, I strive just as hard now to be more empathic, to be more present, to be more aware, to be more conscious, to be more still and serve a higher purpose. I've really just devoted my life as a as a wounded healer, right? We're all wounded. And I'm a healer and I'm an artist and I'm a creative man. I'm also fucking sensitive too. And I was always afraid to admit that. So the the more I come into my truth in those elements, like I used to draw and I stopped drawing because I didn't think it was cool. You know, when I was trying to play lacrosse and I was in the play also and I quit the play to go play lacrosse. Now I'm like taking acting classes and and learning how to embody different characteristics of myself because it helps me stand firmer and more stable in my truth. So I have just as much of a drive. I don't know. I'm just, 
I would say I'm blessed. It's like a gift. My, mm. my title is a chief energy officer, not chief executive mm. officer. So I, I, I boil it down to this energy that's on the inside that I'm, I'm intense and I'm energetic and I'm driven. And, and I, if I'm not growing, I really feel like I'm dying. However, I actually can sit still now. And that's, mm. part, that's part of the growth. I can sit still and relax, maybe take a nap. Maybe hit the snooze button. I used to bust your balls for hitting the snooze button in college because I was always yeah. in front of class like 20 minutes early. So, yeah. and, and it's not like I still I still balance the practicality and spirituality. So, mm-hmm. I I don't know if I have an exact. I hope that I hope that kind of answers that. <laughs> it, it, it does, and it leads me into the next question, which is going to be another profound one and deep one: is who is Brian Paris? If you oh. were to sum Brian <laughs> Paris up into a, a short statement and you had to introduce somebody you got to introduce yourself to a, an audience large or small how would you introduce yourself mm, it's a great question there have been many men and women sitting and, and sitting, sitting about sitting, it yeah 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 and that's yeah, well I, I, time. I have i've spent many days in isolation and solitude and and contemplation in that in that world of self-inquiry and that aspect of self-inquiry just the fact that question who am i sitting in silence and asking myself that you know i I can come it keeps coming to a couple words for me and one is always love you know i am love and i think we are all love i am courage and that's from the heart you know because i have a heart that's on fire and it always is um I am presence. I am a rock. I am here for the to hold space for the people of my life so that I can be what they call in shamanism like a hollow bone. Mm. A hollow bone allows me to be a, an appropriate mirror for someone else to grow and to shine. And I am empathy. And as I get better and better at feeling other people and feeling myself, I break down the barriers of isolation and separation between humans because from a very deep spiritual perspective, we are all one Mm. and we could, no matter what religion we go to, like the further we dive into our egos, the further we separate ourselves, you could break this into individuals. You could look at it as countries. You could look at it as continents. I mean, we're, we're all one massive existing connection to the universe. I mean, truthfully, and, and this is where I believe, things from a spiritual perspective that matter and consciousness are one. We all are one. And it's really hard to balance that side, right? Because I live in a three-dimensional world in time and space. Yet when you break it down into quantum physics, there really is no time and space. It is just one. We're our energy. And matter and consciousness are creating themselves and destroying themselves at the same time. We can get super duper deep. And we're totally sober, which is cool. Um, <laughs> um, also, I, I'm integrity. Mm. You know, I, I, even now, like it, 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 it pains me when I can't speak my truth. Uh, like the art form that I'm working on is like, how do I speak my truth and deliver it with grace? Mm. How do I communicate and express it artfully? And I'm teaching my teenage children this, and that's really hard, you know, and, and also being a parent, like a conscious parent, my, my ex and I don't always agree on this in this way. And I, and I see even society really doesn't promote young men and women, young boys and girls to speak their truth and speak it artfully. It's like, don't be a pussy. Don't cry. You're gay. Uh, 
I don't need to do this or you shouldn't do that. Like it's all, th- those are more towards men or boys for sure. And we experience that too. Um, but like you, there's so much shooting. Everyone shoulds on everybody instead. Like this is my truth and here's where I stand. And th- and I'm going to teach you as a dad to expressfully or artfully express that. So hmm. integrity, presence, empathy, love, courage. Wonderful. That's how I am. It's, I love that. And you are all those. I can vouch for that. And you have, in the past several years, have magnified those traits about you. And you've always had those. And you've done some really extraordinary experiences and, and have participated in some extraordinary events or um, rituals. Uh, can you highlight and summarize one in particular that was a very unique experience that helped you to even see this possibility within yourself to continue to grow? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to. And I wore this shirt purposely, but we're not on video. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a, well, this is, this is part of, this is, yeah. And I'm, I'm part of a group. It's actually a Phoenix. So it's, Mm. it's, it's part of a men's group uh, called rising man. And uh, my, my brother, Jetty Azuma, created this to um, initiate a generation of men. So we have succumbed to the quote-unquote rite of passage, like the bar mitzvah or the hazing in football and things like that. But when you, when you, when you break down humanity and the things that we're missing as humans, and I'm just going to um, I'm quoting Sebastian Junger from a book Tribe that he wrote, and he was he he, he alludes to uh, like when when Europeans were you know raping and pillaging America, right, and coming in and and taking over the natives, uh, American Indians or Native Americans. There was there was thousands of white men from Europe who would get captured and then want to stay and live in tribe. It's it's part of our DNA. It's what makes us human. It's what makes us like the this this intelligent animal that we are to live and feel and be in tribe. And some Unless of the rules, you're like me, like a white leopard. Yes, you can hide. <laughs> My you hide is... in the mountains. Yes, <laughs> but but you you we we're still I'm we're so we are yeah I know we are tri- yeah I know I know we are a tribe though like you and I like we're part of a tribe. We have the wolf pack and it's it's legit. Mm-hmm. So. And it didn't happen the other way around. No Native Americans left and went to join the European colonies because they focused on ego and taking over one another and rapage and, and pillage and, and money and destruction and dis-ease and numbing and all of those things. So, you know, what? It, the my, I was getting to rites of passage. So rites of passage, um, you know, you can look at it like from a hero's journey, like the movie 300, when they sent the little kid out to go kill the wolf and he came back. Mm-hmm. That's his right of passage. He was able, he was able to return as a man. So I, um, I went to the desert in California and, um, I sat in solitude alone, uh, fasting for four days and four nights, um, in the desert. And that was through this organization. And now I'm part of this organization teaching other young men, how to live better lives and, and really be able to give back to our society and help, help create pathways for more men to get to go through rites of passage and um, really hold on to traditions that we're going to lose real quick. Like it mm. seems like these things are burning out really, really fast, you know, from, from 
Native American dancing to drumming to singing, like singing and, and using our voice. In, and I am still studying and learning these things and participating. So, um, yeah, and, and, and that, that was an opportunity for me to metaphorically and literally face my shadows. And, uh, and it wasn't about survival. It was about like going out to the desert to connect to myself, excuse me, and thrive and really, um, really connect to myself at the deepest level with no distractions. Mm. And it, it, I, yeah. I remember you sharing with me an experience in that, um, that retreat you were on or rite of passage. And there were very high gusts of wind in the very strong daylight of sun and you had to find shelter. Like shelter was a, what you said it wasn't necessarily about survival, but shelter was a very strong internal uh, need that you needed to have. Um, can you talk about shelter and that how that experience there, finding and creating shelter in the middle of a desert uh, helped to transform some of your perceptions of shelter? Because you talked about earlier, you lived in a McMansion um, you know, and you had all the, the bells and whistles and, you know, when you're left strip of nothing, you know, a rock, a, a, a simple canopy under a, a branch, if you can even find it can become the most beautiful shelter. <laughs> so explain yeah, how this experience was yeah. <laughs> for you and how it has transformed you in your perception of the reality in which you live in today. And you live in, in Rockville, Maryland, or Gaithers, Gaithersburg, Maryland, which is a very, um, affluence area where yeah. people live that are, you know, living in these beautiful homes and, and, and beautiful states even. Yeah. And, and I, that's a great question, man. Thank you. And, um, I realized I don't need much. <laughs> There's mm. not much that, that is needed as a, as a human, you know, I love nice things, of course, you know, and I love, and it really helped me shed a lot of these external desires. Like money, money is important for me and I have responsibilities yet. It's not, it's not a driver anymore. I'm driven by purpose. I'm driven by something much deeper to serve and help humanity hold on to some of the vestiges of, of the things that made us, that make us human, that make us man. And then also, you know, be able to carry that, that torch forward. Um, so shelter in itself Really, there was no shelter. You're in the desert. There's nothing except rock and bush <laughs> and not like it dead. Everything is dead out there, except there's so much life. It's weird. <laughs> you know, it, it just comes, it, it just comes in forms of things that you're not really used to operating with in, in Rockville, Maryland here. So I did have a tarp and the tarp in, in one way was shelter and another way it was death because I had to use it during the hottest of the sun. You know, when because I had no protection during like when the sun was highest overhead at noon uh, in that time period. So I would lay under it and I created a lean to and, you know, um, and just had that shelter to lay down on. And I was like caught in there in a greenhouse effect. So I was laying there, hands on the rocks, speaking to the rocks, rocks speaking to me, or I would say listening to the rocks, talking to flies. <laughs> Sort of going, cra- sort of going crazy because I think my brain was getting baked by the sun through the greenhouse mm-hmm. effect of the tarp. And I was like, "All right, I got to get up and move." So I would find different shadows, you know. And metaphorically, like how we do anything is how we do everything. Mm-hmm. So as I was finding my life and hiding in the shadows, I was also getting to know my shadows, and that was part of this experience. 
and is getting mm-hmm. to know these shadow sides of myself, my insecurities, my jealousies, my graspiness, my anxious attachment styles, um, my, yeah, I mean, that, that, that pretty, that summarizes a lot of those things. But, uh, so I, I really got to dive into those aspects of myself and I wasn't doing it through writing. I was doing it through like talking to myself and connecting with myself. And f- like, as far as shelter, you can, you can, you can see me, the, the audience can't, but if I could find a rock that could fit my five foot, 1185 pound body in and be in shade, I was happy. And I would mm-hmm. sit and just sit and I would watch shadows creep. And that's, that was shelter. Awesome. Very cool. Um, you also had a really uh, profound experience about three years ago, I think it is, uh, my, my timeline is correct, of going to Peru uh, mm-hmm. and having an experience there using a, um, now they're calling a medicinal drug called ayahuasca. Um, you went on a sojourn uh with a group of individuals, shamans that uh, you participated in this uh, ayahuasca experience in the middle of Peru in the mountains, high mountains there. Uh, Can you share about that uh, in just the experience of being there, um, using and doing um, ayahuasca and what those experiences were like and how it has benefited you or not benefited you and what people might uh, experience if they were to do something like this. It's, it's funny. Cause I have like, it's, I, I definitely have this. Um, there's like a resistance to share about this publicly. And I'm glad you asked me. So uh, without diving into too much detail, these are theater, these are medicines from the indigenous people of, of the Americas uh, specifically in, you know, South and, and Central America. Uh, and there, there are medicines all over the world that come from plants or animals that um, medicine men and women have figured out how to use to connect with oneself and use as rites of passage as well. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It seems like society just keeps repeating itself yet. We keep getting worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. in, in this collective consciousness of like dis-ease and psychosis. And like, I'm like, you know, COVID has showed us some crazy things. So my direct experience in Peru, I, I you know, I got to sit with, with some uh, powerful shamans and participate in these, in these ceremonies um, to really shed and have a peak experience of shedding my ego. Mm. And that's what this, this medicine helps you do. It really helps you connect to a deeper level to your soul. And there's not, I, I don't, I don't really feel that comfortable diving too far into it because sure. there's some pretty, it's a pretty sacred experience. Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, the intention and what these medicines are used for and they're helping humanity. You know, when we were in college, no one was talking about ayahuasca and doing these things. It was, it just wasn't, it didn't, it didn't hit the tipping point, but probably about like five, six years ago, I started hearing about it and, or even, you know, so, but it's been coming to the, to the consciousness. I really think that the planet is speaking to humanity through people saying, okay, we need to shift some shit here because whatever direction we're going, it ain't working. You know, it doesn't matter what friggin' party you're part of Democrat, Republican, libertarian, who gives a shit. It's like politics are a disaster. You know, it it doesn't, it's not really for the people by the people anymore. That's a, that's a mess. So, you know, people are obese and they're sick. They're depressed, anxious, suicide rates are up. And, I think all of these 
are components of a collective consciousness that can be healed once we start individually opening up to things like psychedelic medicine, from psilocybin mm. to ayahuasca to, you know, they're now doing MDMA in therapy sessions with couples. I mean, divorce rates are like 60%. It's insane. So some sh shit ain't working, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? So we got to do something different. And there, these, these medicines are already in trials. Like Hopkins is, is already putting psilocybin to the test for uh, antidepressant uh, resistant depression. They're using MDMA to help uh, soldiers heal PTSD in like one to two treatments. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think that these medicines are very important and they not only help change psychology, they help, they help transform psychology, they help transform physiology, they help transform physicality. Um, and and they, you can have a beautiful experience, yet they're not something to toy around with. It's not something you want to do in your house on a Saturday night. Like you need to have guidance and, and experience people working with you. No, no fucking mm -hmm. joke. So you talked about this shedding of an ego uh, or your ego. Can you define ego as you know it, um, perhaps even highlighting what you shed to a degree in which you feel comfortable? But we have all heard, I would imagine most of us heard about ego and how it can hold us back or prevent us from uh, really truly being our, our best self, our, our unique self, our authentic self. And it sometimes gets in the way. It's that monkey mind, you know, mm -hmm. that tells us we can't or we shouldn't. So how, uh, what is, again, your definition of ego? How did it, how did you process it during that experience or others? And where is it today? And how do you manage it? Because I think it's a very important lesson that we all need to know awesome. and learn to be able to manage ego. Beautiful, beautiful topic because uh, Wayne Dyer, he said, ego is edging God out. Mm. And uh, I break spirituality into three levels. Like the, the basic level of, of spirituality is um, talking about God, right? Um, whether, whether, whatever religion you are, and I'm not religious at all. I was raised Jewish and I, I, it's not that I've renounced it. It's just I don't affiliate with any organized religion, but I'm deeply spiritual. So the the first level is uh, is talking about God. And the second level is talking to God. And the highest level of spirituality in my eyes is becoming God. And I think that we are all God. And we are all God within. And every single man and woman on this planet is the universe and is God. You can whatever word you want to exchange it with. So the ego is a construct of the mind to really keep us safe or perceive safety because the only uncertain thing is uncertainty. Mm. <laughs> Shit's falling apart every second of the day. You know, they, it's they, like, they say it's God's dirty plan on us, right? Yeah, we all it's a big fucking joke. Need of certainty, right? We know the sun's going to rise. The sun will set. This when we thrive in certainty, but then we get bored of it when it's too yeah. certain and we need that uncertainty to give us that little spark or spice of life. And, and, and the reality is that like everything is uncertain. There is no certainty. And the more we attach to things that are certain, the more comfortable we become. Yet life truly is lived moment by moment. And if we can focus on being more empathic and more present, we get to live life through the fullest. I get to ask a question and listen to the response versus trying to think of how I'm going to respond to you. Now I lived my life as an egomaniac like dictator. 
<laughs> yeah, like, so so I've I've lived both sides of of the equation, and it it, it falls back in. Ego is fear, right? Mm. It's and and it's and it does serve us. It serves to protect us. And we're back. Uh, so ego. <laughs> if if uh, <laughs> we had a little technical glitch there, sorry if I fucked that up. Um, so ego is is the is a way for us to protect from that uncertainty and and the 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 fears that i mean really the only like like most things that we fear in life are not a reality right we we see things as rubber snakes when we feel excuse me we see them as a real snake and they're they're actually rubber snakes you know from am i going to get divorced to my business falling apart to my kids not making it to college like all these things are not a tiger standing in front of us ready to eat us or another mm. another tribesman with a spear to our head or a gun to our head. That's I mean, that's fear. That's a use of fear, right? And it's like, okay, my biology is gonna proceed my psychology and it's gonna put all the blood in my muscles and open my eyes so I run the hell away. So w- these plant medicines, they serve as a peak experience. You can also reach these levels to I, I don't I don't think there's a there my, this is my opinion, uh, and that I don't think it's it's wise to completely dissolve the ego and be all spirit. You know, we live, we do live in a, in a practical three-dimensional world, you know, at least from our understanding of how we, you know, understand humanity and life. So uh, there, there's a fair balance between practicality and spirituality. So I, I like, I, I really work to balance that. Uh, but the thing that I work on is not leading from my ego, not leading mm-hmm. from fear, knowing that I now practice enough and it's not just like oh i do these experiences and it's gone no that's just a peak experience and i was and i'm like oh this is what it feels like now i've embodied truth i know what my soul feels like i know mm-hmm. what it feels like to make a decision for you and you guys can't see me but i'm touching my heart right mm-hmm. so like i know how to get away from my intellect into my body so that i can use my body as a tool to make a decision from spirit or from my soul not from something outside because i am god right and not not from a and not from an ego perspective i'm not saying like, that's I'm what not you a, used like to say are. but from a different from a different way of saying it yeah it's that's like i'm i'm god and i will step on you like you know yes. like like zeus slain as fucking thunder but that's but that's not um you know it's more more along the lines of like i i'm the living energy of the universe and it's within me mm. it's within you it's within everything else that we have here and and can i can i like attached to that truth and connect and speak from that place and not from a place of fear. Those experiences and and non-medicinal experiences felt deep meditative states, coaching, psychotherapy, embodied psychotherapy, not just intellectual talking therapy, but like feeling my feelings and and working through those things have helped me shed uh, ego as a leader. And they say that fear is an acronym for false expectations about reality. Right. And that's a, a very easy way to reference what fear is when you are in that state of fear, just recognizing that the perception that you're creating is not necessarily real. Yeah. Your, 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 your perception will tend to go to a place of worry and the, the worst case scenario. It's a, a human instinct, like you said, because it's, uh, it's a survival that's important for us as, as homo sapien. Now, real quick, because I want to just throw a tip in here because it just made me think, and as I'm sitting here, your soul, your spirit, like within your body, like one of the, one of the best ways to access that is through belly breathing. Mm. 
So like what like this is just a tip for those listening. You know you're you're operating from ego when you're you got you guys again can't see me, but I'm breathing up into my shoulders. There's so much that I teach through breath work and and it's such a healing element. Like I don't have to do chiropractic work on people anymore. I can teach them how to breathe and it helps take stress levels down to a significant amount because that's that's what's helped me. And that's what's helped me make decisions from more of a more of a heart driven center versus a intellectual or fear-based center. Mm -hmm. And I would add to that and say, yes, that is absolutely true. I I have also experienced that as an asthmatic as well. I I ended up uh, becoming asthmatic or having the symptoms of asthma when I was in high school and breathing in the bags sometimes. And uh, I've had some some allergies through the years, uh, not really in the past 18 years since I went gluten-free, dairy-free, uh, for the you know ninety five plus percent of my of my diet and lifestyle, um, it really wiped it out. However, there are um, other ways, and I think that you can also do it in a physical state where you change your your state of mind or perception through a physical changing your physical reaction. So if you're sitting down, slouched over, hunched over, or you're feeling your body collapse, or like you said, breathing in through your shoulders, stand up open your chest, reach your hands up in the air, spread your arms out, just, you know, even like hit yourself, uh, kinesthetic sort of awareness where you're tapping and hitting different areas, obviously not causing harm, but opening yourself up to that possibility of moving better and moving more freely. Um, Because when you are in fear, you're constricted, like you said, you're breathing up top. So your physicality and the movement component of that as well is also equally important. If you are having a hard time with the breathing, if you can do the both simultaneously and or one in, you know, working in balance with both, that would be, in my opinion, the best case scenario. Well, what, what comes to me is a challenge and this, I challenge you and I challenge all the listeners too. next time, next time you get into a fight with your spouse. I don't ever Take fight that. with her. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, we're on, talking man. about we're humanity here, love. bro. We're oh, talking about humanity here. It's a, it's a, it's like a, it's the couples who fight the best are the are the ones that endure for sure. So mm. next time you get into a fight, see if you can put those same principles into into um, into play. Like stay open, even if you're angry. Because most of us can't even recognize, and this is hard just because we're so reactionary that like we close. There's micro closures of, of our front line, you know, from our neck all the way down to our, our genitals. And those close down when we get in fear and live from our ego. And this, that's, a, that's a big challenge to open and stay open in width and depth with love when you're fucking angry. Mm. So I, I throw that challenge out to of the lifestylers out there yeah brother i love it you've thrown that out to me as well um and or get a dog and love that dog <laughs> or a cat yes. they just they they create a lot of peace and you can learn a lot from from these little creatures these four-legged yes. creatures they're sure. beautiful very pure um so brian uh let's pivot on this and and discuss your career so you and i Went to college together, University of Maryland. Uh, you know, you were very studious, very um, motivated. Let's say highly motivated to go to chiropractic school. You went to life chiropractic in Georgia. 
Atlanta, Georgia, and you became a chiropractor. You found your passion, your calling. You loved it. Um, I heard you say earlier in this conversation that you know you are moving beyond and past that. That you're burned out. What got you to that point? You know, being so passionate about something. Just say 25 years ago. Now you've come to a point where it's you can take it or leave it. You know, and, and probably more leave it. Well, it's Which, not. It's not that I could take it or leave it because I still love being a healer and being in the healing fields. I just don't like doing the physical work anymore. Mm. Um, you know, I spent a lot of years, ten straight years, um, just hustling and and building a clinic and a clientele and 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 helping people. And I and I really. I didn't have a good understanding of my own emotional energy and I wasn't able to protect myself. And I gave, I gave a lot of myself up to serve people and I didn't get a lot in return. You know, money's money. It burns quickly. So that, that like it, it took a big chunk of my soul away because I didn't know how to balance that. Now there are, there are amazing chiropractors, brothers and sisters of mine who are just incredible at having that balance. I didn't, it took me, like my journey is different. It took me a while to figure that out. And by diving into my own wounds from childhood and, you know, just throughout life and seeing how I was creating relationships from a wounded space, especially romantic relationships and, and like some business relationships too, um, it really opened my eyes to, you know, operate from a different perspective and, and focus on getting, you know, healing myself and continually working on those things. And now I see my mission is much greater because I can serve, excuse me, a larger version of a larger portion of humanity through other people. And now I, now my, like, I, I, I hold space for healers. I allow them to flow. Because a lot of people, there's some beautiful art out there in the healing fields, and you've experienced a lot of it, from acupuncturists to chiropractors to physical therapists, to massage therapists to sound healing to Reiki to all of this. And it, like someone from the outside world who did listening or not listening, like they could laugh at that shit and think it's complimented alternative medicine. It's like, dude, placebo is the most tested tested drug uh, medicine on the planet. It's been used forever. And it, and it fucking works. And it's more effective than yeah. the real stuff. I mean, the reality of it is look at, look at the amount of fines that these companies experience for like killing millions of people, addicting them to opioids. Like there's more chiropractors, PTs, pain management doctors, and drugs on the planet. And still we have more chronic pain than ever before. So things are fucked up. They're not working. So I'm, I'm very committed to not being complimenting alternative medicine, but like this is fucking human healing medicine. And, 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 and there's so many healers who just suck at business. They just do. <laughs> They're not good at it. And I'm, I'm good enough at business to help hold space for these amazing team that I'm building and then continuing to help consult other healers and practitioners be better at what they're doing on the business side so they can flow and deliver their magic and their energy. Hmm. You know, and, and, and then also, and, and, yeah. And let me just interrupt for a second and say, yeah. and that's not a neg about what I'm defending yourself and your comment about, you know, a lot of people are not good business people, a lot of people in the art of healing. And that's not a negative. That's actually a positive because you're great at one thing, your passion and your skill sets and your, your true passions are within that. 
when you have to go to business and entrepreneurial mindsets and creating all those structures, marketing and accounting and the different nuances of business, it just blows your mind. It's not what your skill set is or what it should be. And that's why companies have multiple people within divisions to be able to manage that whole structure. And there's a great book that I read many, many, many years ago called The E-Myth, The Entrepreneurial Myth. And it's like, if you have a skill set and you have to then open the business, you then have to carry on five other hats unless you hire out specialized individuals to manage those different sectors. So I think it's a really important part, what you had said there. Um, I just want to make sure people didn't understand, make sure people understand that you're not nagging them or making them feel bad for not being good at both. Correct. And it's, and it's like, it, you, it's really, I, I don't like if you're, if you're good at both, you're not great at one. Right. You know? And, and it, like, if someone's touching me physically and emotionally and energetically, I'd rather them be really great at that. Mm-hmm. I, I was really, really, you know, maybe this is my ego. I was great. <laughs> I got good hands, you know, I was really good, but you know, emotionally I was kind of shut down. I wasn't able to connect at the, at a level that I can connect with people now and help my team really become the best versions of themselves. Um, and you know, now I'm taking it a step further as like, what is team when you put it together? It's culture. What does a culture look like? And cultures in businesses together. Like I talk to people in every different industry and they don't like, they don't feel fulfilled at work. They feel used, abused. And like the culture doesn't promote integrity and energy and it only promotes productivity and work, right? And, and I get it. There has to be, you know, if you're in business for profit, you got to make money, right? However, you can enjoy the ride while you're there. Like I love going to work now. I love meeting with my team. I love when I get problems and I have to say, fuck, I'm angry. All right, I'm angry. Now, what am I angry at? What am I, what am I missing about myself that this person's bringing to me? So I got to look inside first. And then I got to figure, then we got to work it out. There's always some tactical things too, but it's the, that, that's the joy that I get through, through work these days. And mm-hmm. now I want to bring this to other companies and help them develop a culture of integrity and energy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that. that yeah. That's going to help America in mm-hmm. my eyes and the world. It's more, it's more of a global uh, impact than a more local. So yeah. you're, you're able to take the experiences that you've had within your own practice take those experiences now help others and move that forward into a bigger, bigger impact. That's great. Yes. I like that Thank a lot. So, um, you have two kids. Let's talk about them for a second. Um, and, and raising kids. Cause this is a, uh, a you know, a big component of life, in many people's lives. Hopefully it'll be one a component of mine in the future. Um, you have a beautiful daughter that's just turned 16 and, 17. uh, it's good. 17. Wow. All right, who's getting her driver's license soon or has it already? Um, mm-hmm. You have a son, and uh, he's 15, 14, somewhere there around. Yep. yep. And so, um, how has, and you, you're divorced, um, you know, you've been in the dating world for quite a while, on and off, uh, with some serious and not so serious relationships. How have you been able to manage? all of that and be present for your kids so that you can provide them an experience that you know will be fulfilling and stable for them as they grow into themselves. Well, that's a profound one too. 
You know me, that, man. I'm a deep. I'm yeah, a, I'm a yeah, deep you're, individual. Yeah, you're you're the get the deep questions here. I mean, I've I've made so many mistakes parenting. I've screwed up so much, and and I really look at like these kids are here. Like I'm not here for them. They're here for me. Like they're they're they are the most challenging mirror that I've had to face. Mm. So let's you say know? that again. Let's let's repeat that again because I think that's a really that's an that's a, a a very outstanding way of looking at being a parent. Say it again. Like they're they're here for me. I'm not here for them. Yeah, and that's a total dichotomy. It's a shift. You yeah. know, where most people it's a paradigm shift where most people would absolutely say the other way around. Correct. The majority and, would and, say that. And and I don't think if I've if I hadn't fallen on my face <laughs> parenting so many times, I don't know if I would be able to say that. Um, you know, for instance, my teenage daughter, right, rejects me on an hourly basis. And it fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for anyone listening, like it hurts to get rejected by by a woman as a man. It's- especially your daughter. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I have to be able to sit in that pain and stay open and not respond or react from ego, from fear like, "Oh my god, this relationship's going to end. My daughter's going to hate me forever." You know, like I have to say and and this is from a, a teacher of mine. I just I I I work to stay open and it's hard because that happens in, in fucking seconds. I'm like, "All right, can stay open." And I just say, "Ouch." Like, oh, that hurt. You know, for anyone who has teenage daughters, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Like th- that shit, it cuts deep and fast mm. and like within seconds. And every mom and dad that I talk to that has teenage <laughs> daughters, like says the same thing. Like we all, we all go through that. Um, but it's, it's like navigating that and, it, and it's a lesson for me to, you know, like I, I really want to be an example for how she can see romance in 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 her life you know like i want to be an example of not the man i not the boy i was but the man that i am now and and a couple years ago and she's she woke up so much earlier and my son's almost 15 i don't know i don't know if he's awake yet either but um (laughs) (laughs) i think i don't think we woke up till like last year maybe a couple years ago but um for those women listening, you're probably shaking your head like, yeah, my husband didn't fucking wake up till he's 40. So, um, uh, <laughs> or my husband um, didn't even wake up. Yeah. Or he's still sleeping like, hello. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's really been, I just, I, I, I want to, I, again, like I want to be that hollow bone as a reflection for her to not, to, to stay in her truth and be able to speak her truth, even if it's to her mom, you know, even if it's like trying to navigate what it's like to have a stepsister and navigate what it's like to go to school from home navigate what it's like to feel like or actually be smarter than your teachers you know <laughs> like that's something that i have to help her through and like and, and like look at no offense to teachers but it's it just is what it is um so you know and, and just the regular things of life from being safe to driving and what happens with drinking what happens with boys all that kind of stuff and that's that's been challenging as well and my son mm. You know, I I want to I want to be able to show him what real like what real strength encourages, and I believe that real strength encourages being able to speak your truth, what's in your heart, and share your feelings. And society says the opposite. Still, even with all the shit on Instagram and every meme that comes out with every men's work group, still, I know you've done a lot of work on yourself as well, and really work to express 
what's going on inside. You weren't always like that, but you're a sensitive dude and you've always have been, you just didn't know how to fucking express it. Mm. And I know, I know, I know personally, cause we've worked together and we've done similar work where we've like said, Hey, something doesn't feel good inside. And I don't know how to express it. I don't have the vocabulary. But what is that? There are things like rites of passage, which we talked about, which I think that all boys should be going on, going into the desert in isolation, alone, without a phone, without food, without comfort. Figure out what it's like to live in this meat suit with nothing else, and then be able to artfully express, or at least just communicate, have a vocabulary of, of what's going on inside. That's going to help our humanity shift and transform. That's what I believe, and that's that's my. So as a as a like I, I'll call it conscious parenting, you know, and I've I've fucked up. I've done a lot of bad things and made a lot of mistakes, and I, and it's it's an ongoing process. So I I ask for. You know, I, I humbly ask for forgiveness. I humbly just continue to make sure that they don't die, support them where they need support, and also push them out of the nest when they need to be pushed. Awesome. Thanks. Great. Now, I said that I would market this and, and, and share this on Facebook so that people that we grew up with could get to know the evolved Brian and Steve. Um you changing your mind now? <laughs> no, I'm actually going deeper into that. Oh, shit. Gonna, cool. <laughs> so I want to ask you, is there anyone or ones, people in particular, in our lives, in our childhood that you've lost touch with that may be friends on Facebook, but you've lacked their communication that you maybe have regrets or you would like to, I know that part of healing and and growing is asking for forgiveness or having forgiveness or letting go of regrets. Is there anybody or places or people, teachers, classmates that you'd like to um, share something with that you haven't done before? And if not, that's cool too. Yeah. From, from a doing, I don't want to single anybody out, but like just mm. what comes back to like high school, the two things that come to me are one, like I'm so grateful to have been, uh, connected to the now men that I was connected to through lacrosse and, and like bleeding on that team together and mm. playing at a, at a level of, uh, at a level that like still keeps us connected. You know, it was cool. Cause we, we, we won things that we shouldn't have won because we were connected as brothers. Yes. And that was really cool. Cause we definitely didn't have the skill and we definitely did not have the depth, but we, we figured out how to win. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then all the other people who pushed me, like, cause I was big into like student council and stuff like that. So that was awesome. Um, and definitely like apologies to the now women who I was an asshole to, <laughs> um, you know, cause I certainly, certainly was, uh, a, a lax bro, you know, and just a douche. So, uh, I, I have, I have, uh, you know, there's, there's, definitely those wounds and um, that I wounded people. And I also, you know, was working to heal even older wounds there. So I, I leave that with humility and grace and love and hugs and all that. Awesome. Great. That's beautiful. Um, are there any final thoughts, shares, insights, aha moments that you'd like to share? That was it. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> it was my, no, no, no. My, my moment of stillness and, uh, yeah, I think like if if you want to see things shift and transform in 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 your circles of influence, you got to start with yourself. And the work starts right here. And and for those men out there who are having trouble 
living from their hearts and up in their heads. And, you know, cause I, it, the, the more that I communicate and express in this way, the more men reach out to me and a lot of them do it privately, just like, Hey, I've been feeling this and this and how the, how do I express it? So there are groups out there for men to work with. There are, and, and women too. So like women stepping into their power, um, you know, because our, our society really has, you know, it's, there's, there's big shifts going on in society with, you know, women taking on more masculine roles, but losing their femininity. So I think, you know, that, that polarity that exists between masculine and feminine energies, which we all have is what, what creates desire, you know, and those are the things that prevent divorce. So I think it's really important for us to start paying attention to those energies in all of us, men and women, so that we can continue to love one another and also continue to want to be naked together. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we close, I'm going to give you the opportunity now to ask me a question or two, since we said that we would both be open, vulnerable, and share. Um, it's you know the high the the focus has been a lot on you, so giving you the opportunity to throw perhaps a few questions out at me. Okay, that could you, you got me you got could, me off guard. That's cool. Though. Yeah, no, that I could that could it. pivot and 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 bridge you know your conversations. Yeah, I, I would love to like hear from you more on you know from your perspective of what it's been like to be like a more sensitive expressive man and and some of the challenges that you've experienced with that mm. um you know because it's it's like both of us like we're, we're we've been friends forever and um you know we've i've seen you in so many different environments so I, i'd love to hear you know those those challenges and how you've become like where you've reached this point of, cause I know how much you love yourself and take care of yourself. So mm. maybe you can bridge it into that. Great. Well, I, you know, I'll start from the beginning. Um, you know, I was always a sensitive kid uh, as, long, as far as I can remember um, growing up in a, a an Italian predominant Italian family where yelling was the normal conversation tone. Um <laughs> I shied very much away from that. I, 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 I literally hid from that. Um, when, you know, even when someone called the house and, and let's say my dad would answer the phone downstairs, my mom was upstairs and, you know, he would yell at, you know, very high levels in a tone that was uncomfortable just to have my mom pick up the phone. You know, I would shrivel. I would, I would be like, ah, oh, like, can't you just walk up the stairs and, give her the phone. You have to yell at the top of your lungs in this like bold voice that like rattles the house. So I can recall, you know, instances like that of, of, of recognizing some of my sensitivities, especially to noise. And then through the years, as I was growing up and becoming, you know, I was going through puberty and uh, liking girls. Uh, you know, I found that I was as much as I liked girls and wanted to be with them physically and touch them and and be touched and kiss and, 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 you know, cuddle. Um, I also was very sensitive to their, to their needs and insecurities where I wouldn't advance myself perhaps in more sexual ways that I wanted to, because I was afraid of, of hurting them. Right. Cause I was too sensitive. And sometimes like even the girl had to lead me into some of those situations to take that next step. So you know, seeing, seeing it there in that stage of life. And then going 
into probably another stages of life where in college, uh, after our accident and you know how, you know, transformational that was for me, uh, you know, I went through some very emotional challenges and physical challenges where I, man, I, I can't even relate to it anymore. Uh, cause it was so profound. Um, I had, you know, come out of it fortunately and really started to hone in, not just on my physicality, which I focused on a lot before because I was always put up on a pedestal of having a great physique and six pack and being athletic. But I, um, and that became an identity, uh, that was forced upon me or, or encouraged upon me by my, by my, my peers, our friends, you, and, you know, included that I ended up, uh, recognizing the physical aspect of things that I was doing, like exercise and, and eating right was more emotional as well. And that started to create a even more sensitivity and an awareness around my, my ability to feel, and my emotions, um, because when you eat bad, you feel bad, right? And when you eat good and you have good positive energy and it's static and you don't need coffee or teas or other substances to keep your energy levels high, it's just good natural foods to do that and, and movement. Um, I found that to be another way of, uh, of, of seeing my sensitivity in and around my emotions um, and, and who I was. And that's what really drove me as a professional in my area um, and why I found that I've had so much success because it's not just been about physical. It's been about helping people to transform from the physical to more emotional and feeling exercise, movement, nutrition, the lifestyle that I lead and, and preach and practice and have been, been able to do very successfully over 25 plus years, 30 years um, has been was also that awareness. Um, and then just through the years, through relationships, um, you know, f- with friends and, uh, clients and, and girlfriends, um, now my wife, just being able to see that I, 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 I definitely am someone who feels more than thinks more. Right. So there are, I believe through different, uh, through different studies and books that I've read and courses I've taken, there are different IQs other than the IQ that you're tested for in high school. There's emotional mm-hmm. IQs um, and other types of IQs, social IQs that you can be good at. And I have a very high emotional IQ. Uh, and that's just something that I think I was born with, but through some of the ways that I expressed and shared with earlier has helped to hone in on that. And I still hone in on it and get, get new lessons and new ways of feeling and being, um, so that I can be truly my authentic self. And I've had some, you you talk about some of the challenges I've had some major challenges and around that. Um, one that, you know, I think you've also experienced as well. Um, you know, we grew up in a very macho, uh, time period where, sexuality was very heterosexual you know there was very little talk or expression of homosexual or or now transgender um where you know if you were or even suspected of being homosexual you were ridiculed and 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 broken down and and picked on and i can't tell you how many times how you know in my early 20s that people used to think i was gay you know whether it be from males um, or even girls would be in a bar and 
I remember, you know, a couple instances where I, I remembered in one particular time because it, it was such an emotional, um, it had such an emotional impact on me. You know, I was happy, feeling great. I was in New York City. It was, you know, my careers with my buddies, we were drinking, hanging out. And you might have, might have been, you might have been there, but these girls came up and they're like, you're really hot. And I'm like, thanks. They're like, are you gay? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, fuck you. Get it. Get it. You know? And I yeah. literally said that, like, kind of like, they're like, no, really? Like, it's, and I'm like, it just, it hurt me to the bone where I felt that as like a total negative, but it actually was a, in hindsight, it was actually a compliment. And I should have seen that. And I didn't know how to react because I was immature. And I would still react in a hurtful way because, you know, my true essence is masculinity and, and I'm a, a heterosexual and I, you know, thrive in women's energy and feminine energy. Um, yeah. and, but I reciprocate that with masculine energy, but I also reciprocate it in the feminine energy too. I know how to balance a lot of it all. Yeah. So it was, it was hurtful. So I, and I heard that in so many ways, just because I took care of myself, I was fit, you know, I'm blonde, I'm attractive. I took care of my, it just, you know, whatever I wore nice clothes, I took care of myself. So that was hurtful and challenging through my life that it was, uh, hard to, really get past that. And it's still sometimes I get those triggers where, you know, I might be in a crowd or somewhere and, you know, a gay guy might give me a, uh, you know, a, a look or a wink or this or that. And like, I get like, am I acting, am I acting feminine? Am I acting gay? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Am I like dressing different? Like, how do I get the woman to, you know, do that rather than the male? But you I don't know, think you've had a problem with the women doing that either, my friend. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's just that those are the triggers that, you yeah. know, just that kind of like, that make you feel insecure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that insecurity leads to um, uncertainty and that uncertainty leads to uh, a fear. And then that, uh, that all that leads to just this place of not being able to be your true self. And going back to what I said earlier about being a, the white, you know, white leopard. And you guys nicknamed me that one time when we were in Vegas, I remember I was snow leopard. The, the snow leopard. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I, I truly stand out in, in so many ways and in arenas, uh, not by just look, but the, the way that I act and, and am. Um, and, you know, they are isolated creatures and I can tend to be isolated but I am very open and very vulnerable and very um, – I, I love the collective community of bonds that I can create with really good, true friends that I can be myself and not have to put on any sort of front or act um, where I can just let go and be that emotional, sensitive, masculine uh, energetic, fun, gregarious, charismatic, uh, feeling, loving individual that, you know, I, I, I love to be myself. So that's, uh, why I tend to choose friends and people in my life very selectively and why I don't spread myself too thin. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I tend to choose my friends wisely. And I think that's important to, it's something that we've learned in some of the courses, like we talked about our mentor, Tony Robbins earlier, like you are the product of the five people that you, you know, hang around with, or you are around most. Um, and so I try, 
to do my very best to hang around those that will lift me up rather than bring me down and those that will compliment me rather than um, take away from my true self. Beautiful, man. I see you. I see you, brother. (laughs) Thank you. I I see your authentic, true self. And that's why we're still friends, man. I love you. Yes. Yes, I love you too. Um, Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up with a big doozy for you. You ready? I'm ready. Who are you, Steve Jordan? Who am I? I am also love. I am beautiful. I am passionate. I am adventurous. I am spontaneous. I am whole and complete. Yeah. And everything that I need is within me right now. And that is who I am. I'm going to leave that with an aho, which is Native American for like, amen. Yeah. Awesome. This has been a wonderful conversation. It's been totally beautiful, authentic, and real. And I am grateful that you encouraged me to do this with you. Uh, I asked you several weeks, months ago to do that. And it was time. I'm grateful. Let's keep doing it. Um, and for those of you who are listening, again, this is Dr. Brian Paris. Uh, Brian, share with the audience where you can be found and uh, how just to find try, out just it, more about you. Instagram these days is my most uh, my most popular uh, vehicle. So at it's at Dr. Brian Paris, B-R-D-R-B-R-I-A-N-P-A-R-I-S. Awesome. And, uh, that's that's where you find me. And yeah, uh, follow, dude, follow thank him. You. He's been putting out some really great content recently and uh, in, con- in, in very respectful to what we're discussing now. Um, heartfelt, authentic, real, um, you know, meaningful things that will help to shift, transform humanity uh, into a more conscious state, which is what we, which is what we need today more than ever. And um, if you're listening for the first time uh, and you know us, share this uh, with someone who might know us or with someone that you love and care about that you might know that could be influenced and uh, impacted by this conversation. Also rate the podcast that really helps to get others to listen to it and find it. The, the algorithms that uh, these podcasts use are very similar to like the ones that Google uses. The more ratings and uh, comments there are on it, the more people find it, the more that it can be shared and help people who are in need of help. So it's not an ego thing. Uh, it's more about helping things. So please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, just scroll down, rate it. Give it a one to five star. I don't care whatever you feel it's worth and valued at. Just rate it. Take that extra minute and leave a comment as well. That would be grateful so that I know how to continue to do this in much more better fashion. Um, I appreciate you listening always. Uh, Until next time, stay healthy and well. Brian, any last parting words that you'd like to share with the audience? It's extremely humbled and grateful for like a just a friendship that's like four decades now and, and only continues to grow and blossom and, and now so cool that we're helping people together. You know, this is yeah. this is what we've been looking to do for a long time. So I'm grateful for for you and, and your mission and what you're doing out in Cali, the beautiful uh, area that you're at and the people that you're serving. And thank you, listeners, and uh, for those who are new and uh, jumping on and hopefully we can shift some some things here for you. Yeah, definitely. And there's uh, discussions of Brian and I doing a retreat uh, in some capacity together. So this conversation teaser, from teaser. A, yeah, goes from a podcast to a physical location where you will experience a lot of what we are talking about and, and so much more 
in ways that you're able to grow from the inside out to be the best version of yourself, male or female. Um, it's a, it's going to be an awesome experience. So pay attention to that and be on the lookout for that. So again, thanks for listening. Share it. We care. Stay. All right. Love you guys. Stay. Love you guys. Love you, Bri. Be well. Love you too. Thank you for spending your time with me and my guest today on the Steve Jordan Experience. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, there are a few things that you can do. First, sharing is caring. So show your family and friends how much you care about them by sharing this podcast to encourage them to live their best life. Two, go to my website, stevejordan.com, to subscribe to my Get Fit community. Here, you will receive updates, news, and valuable information for ways for you to get more involved in the Steve Jordan experience. And finally, take a minute to please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It helps me to continue to get outstanding guests to create an extraordinary listening experience for you. That's all, friends. Thanks for listening to the Steve Jordan Experience.